Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on. Come on. I just want, I, I was just standing here, and I thought I'd bring this back up here. We sang two songs that are pretty new today. The first one is called Heaven uh, Here As In Heaven. It was the last worship song we did, and, and we get to the words in the chorus and it says, overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. But then it says this, it says, you're the reason we came. What is the reason that you came here this morning? Are you here to encounter God? Are you here to encounter his love, his direction, his peace, his joy, all the things that he wants for you? Are you here for that today? So when we, so when we sing and when we worship God, we give him everything we've got because we are here to encounter his Holy Spirit, Right? Today's music set, Joey picked it out. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I did the bad band thing. I didn't even look at what songs were on the list, and I forgot that I was even playing, so I showed up late. And so I came in, and, I'm, and, and, and as we're playing through these songs today, I'm thinking, holy cow, God is speaking to you today. Sarah being vulnerable today, I'm always on her case about why she doesn't speak when she leads, and here she goes and she gets in front of you and bears her soul about the fears she faces in allowing the Holy Spirit to lead her. Do you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you through the fears of your life? Do you do that? And then that last song, we should get excited about the God, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb that was slain. He's roaring with power. He's fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. Come on, people. Every knee will bow before him. Man, I'm, I'm already fired up. I'm like shaking up here. I hope you're ready. Are you ready? I'm Ross. I'm the pastor here. Welcome if you're new. I'm excited for this morning. Today, today is number 10. The 10 things I wish Jesus never said. 10 statements he made that, that challenge us to the core of who we are. Today is number 10. We've went through uh, all of them. I want to recap real quick. The first one we talked about was forgiveness. Guys, if you are not willing to forgive others, your Father in heaven, not will not, cannot forgive you. He, it will not happen. Worry. I think uh, I was with Joey this week, and, and he said, I think the most important or the, the, the strongest one that, that Jesus said is do not worry. Do not worry. Number three was give up all to follow Christ. We need to be willing to lay down ourselves in order to see his kingdom come. Uh, number four was love your enemies. Love your enemies. You remember that? Uh, number five was be perfect as I am perfect. There's a challenge, right? Number six was casting stones. You who has no sin, cast stones. We're in a world that's full of sin, and we're one of the sinners, right? So we should not be casting stones. Instead, we should be loving other people. Number seven was where Jesus says, I never knew you. People who thought that they, were gonna, that they were following God. People who were deceived that what they were doing was actually following the will of God, and they weren't. Number eight was give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I thought, I thought it was about tithing, remember, but it had nothing to do with money. It has to do with the fact that you were made in the image of God, and you belong to him, so give back to him what he deserves, which is you. Number nine was last week, and that was the first shall be last. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Are you willing to humble yourself so that God can make you great? Right? So here we are, number 10. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your spirit in this place, that you have great plans for this morning, for your word, 
for the hearts of these people. Father, speak to us. Give us ears that hear, hearts that understand, and minds that desire to live according to your word. Speak to us today. Speak to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we're actually going to cover a couple of Jesus' statements, but they're going to be wrapped around one centralized point that he makes. And, and here it is. It's number 10, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, say no one. No one comes to the Father except through who? Not you. Except through him, right? Except through me. No one comes to the Father except through him. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a statement that we should wish Jesus never said. And I think some of the statements that we've talked about over the last 10 weeks, um, that they were, they were ones that at, in, at the outset, maybe we didn't think they were bad statements or ones that challenged us. But this does challenge us because we live in an I-can-do-it-myself mentality world, Right? We live in a world where we think that, uh, that, that we can do everything that needs to be done for us to be successful. And many people in the world today believe that they can get to heaven on their own good works, on their own merit. But Jesus says that no one comes to the Father except through me. Um, have, have any of you ever been rock climbing before? Raise your hand if you've been rock climbing. Okay, not many. Anybody ever been rappelling where you, you like back off the cliff? Okay, so a couple of people. I, back, in, uh, back in high school, it, it's been a long time, but uh, back in high school, I went on, on a youth trip, and I remember so clearly, uh, we went down uh, into like the Appalachian Mountains, down, uh, down south, well, southeast, I guess, and, uh, and we, we went on this trip this day with this guide and our youth pastor, and, and we, we had to hike like three miles into this wilderness area, and in the middle of this place, there were a bunch of big peaks, and there were like these natural formations that were like pillars in the ground, and, the, and they, would, they went up into the sky. And, and the one that we climbed that day, uh, the, the guide said it was 300 feet tall. And so I don't know if you've ever thought about how high 300 feet is, but that's like a football field straight up and down, okay? So it's a long way. So we climbed to the top of, of this rock, and we're, we're, we're standing up there looking out. The view's amazing, and the guy and, and now... We, we weren't, like, prepared for this. The, we thought we were just going rock climbing. Our youth pastor didn't tell us that we were going to jump off the rock. And, and so the guy ties off the rope at the top, and he throws it off the side, and he goes, okay, who's first? And we're like, are you crazy? Like, they, hey, you look down there. And, and by the way, the rope got tangled in a tree at the bottom. I'm not going. Are you crazy? And so it's, it's a scary feeling. So, of course, some of us did it. I did it. It's a scary feeling if you've never done it before, um, where you're holding onto this rope and it's hooked through your belt. And, and the only thing that stops you is like squeezing the rope behind your back. Otherwise, <laughs> splat, like a bug on a windshield, right? And, and so, so it's not too bad. You stand right on the edge. I, I won't turn my rear to you, but like you stand right on the edge with your heels off the back and you're holding on. And he's like, all right, now you need to lean back. I'm like, are you crazy? He's like, no, no, no. You got to like, and so I like, I like start to take my foot back off the edge like this. He's like, no, you don't understand. You can't like keep your body upright. You need to like, you need to like lay back like you're in a lazy boy recliner. And, and like right now I can't even balance to do it, but you start leaning back. <laughs> and you're like, what? And, and, you, and so you start 
going down. And, and what's funny is, is once, you, once you get over the edge and you begin to rely on the rope, you realize that you're okay. They say this rope is, is going to hold you. And you're looking at this rope going, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge guy, but that's not a huge rope, right? And, and so you lean back, and, but once you get over the edge, you realize the rope's going to hold you. It's, it's an incredible experience. If you've never done it, I would recommend it. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's terrifying, but it's amazing at the same time. So on that day, the climb up was really hard, and there were some scary moments on the way up. And, and there were people who opted to just climb back down instead of going off the edge and rappelling down the mountain. They decided against trusting the rope. They wanted to rely on themselves. This, this is a life and death situation. I mean, if they screw up going down the side of the mountain, they die, right? So they couldn't trust the rope. This is just the way we work, right? Right? Why would we trust in something else when we can trust in ourselves? It's not wrong, it's reality. Well, Jesus is life and death too, right? Jesus, in, in a relationship with him, that's a life and death situation as well. And he makes the statement that you can either trust him or you can go your own way, but you're not going to experience the same result. See, there's something about it. Like, once you go off the edge, like, the people that climbed down, like, good for them, you climbed to the top, that was a great experience, but they didn't get to experience the amazing feeling of standing horizontally off the side of a cliff with a football field of space below you in the ground with the rope tangled in the top of the tree, which was scary as well. They totally missed out on, on, on all of the experience of what this day was supposed to be about. Because they, they decided they were going to go on their own merit, on their own strength, and go back. You know where I'm going, right? It's so obvious. You know, we, Jesus makes a statement that you either trust him or you, or you don't. And you can either trust him and lean back on the rope of the Holy Spirit, the, on, the, on the, what his word says. And you can experience the things that he wants for you, or you can go your own way, and you can experience life, and you can have things happen, but you will never experience the life that Jesus has for you. I want to look at Jesus' full statement with this scripture like I, I have for everyone, and I want to I kind of look at why he said it and what he said. So, um, so basically, Thomas, one of the disciples, says to Jesus, he says, what is the way to heaven? And, and, and like, Jesus is talking about where he's going. He says, he, you know, I'm going to prepare a place. And, and Thomas is like, but, but Jesus, we want to go where you go. So how do we get there? How do we get to heaven? And this is what Jesus says. It's in John 14. We're going to go verses 6 through 12. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From, uh, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Because he says, I'm going to the place, I'm going to my father. And so when they, when they ask, how do we get to the father, basically, how do we get to heaven? He's saying, you already know the father because you know me. Verse 8, Philip, another one of the, the disciples, he says, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. How many people would like to see the evidence of God? <laughs> show me the money, Right? That's what Philip says. And Jesus, he's like, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen 
Who has seen the Father, or anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father right here? Verse 10, don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Verse 11 says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And then he says, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. There's two things I want to point out. Uh, Well, there there will be more than two, but uh, there's two specific ones I want to point out right now. Um, that that jump out to me in that scripture that I think really uh, relate to this entire 10-week series that we've been doing, this 10 things I wish Jesus never said. The number one is this. Jesus refers to the words that he has been speaking, not at this moment, but through his whole career that we read about in the Word, that he, he refers to those words as the words of the Father, not his own words. So everything that we have studied over the last 10 weeks, every statement that Jesus has made wasn't actually Jesus' statement. It was God the Father's statement, right? So if maybe you're on the fence about this Jesus fella, God the Father was speaking through him, right? And Jesus says, if you know me, you'll know the Father is in me. So you can be done wondering about this Jesus fella. God's words came through. Jesus not only says, like, like he, he, he's tried to prove this. Can you imagine how frustrating it would be to be with the people that you had traveled all over the place with and done multiple miracles with and all these things, and just to have him turn around and say, well, if you just prove it one more time, Jesus, that'd be great. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, if you were Jesus, wouldn't you just want to shake him or something, you know? I'd be like, what's wrong with you? He says, that, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And then he says, or at least, at least believe in the evidence of the works that I've done. So Jesus tries to prove and explain again that he is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, that he is actually God, the Father as well, because he's trying to bring their memory back to the times when they saw miraculous things happen. He's proving that he is God. You know, Jesus could walk into this room today. We'd all freak out. It'd be really bright, probably. I think. Maybe not. He could do a miracle right in front of this stage, which he's done, by the way. And the next Sunday, all of you would see it, plain as day, and the next Sunday... Many of you would come in here and you go, I don't know about this thing. (laughs) We would. You would. Because we have doubts. Because we're humans. Number two, he's operating, he's pointing out that he is operating within the will of God the Father. That everything he has done has not been of his own choice or or point of view but of the will of the father so the flesh part of him the man part of him the you and me part of him has to submit and live within the will of the father for everything to happen the way it's supposed to happen he's trying to tell us not just that he needs to live within the will of the father but that we 
need to live within the will of the Father. You know, so often my, my messages are about God's plan for your life, his direction for you, his will for you. And, and Jesus actually makes a really clear statement. This is another statement from Jesus that's in here um, about this will of the Father thing. Luke 22 Verses 42, 43 says, Father, this is when he's praying, uh, right before he gets crucified, basically. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my what? But yours be done. Then it says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Say, not my will. Say, but yours be done. Not mine. Not my will, but yours be done. And, and what's interesting is the human part of him here is, is going to God saying, you know, I, I'm afraid, maybe. But I'm, a, I'm, I will, I'm going to live out your will no matter what. And God instantly sends an angel to him to strengthen him. How many need some strengthening in their life? If, if we will... Our God is lion, the lion of Judah. You know? Who could stand before him? God, he, he sends down an angel to strengthen Jesus in this moment. And he says, he says, my son, basically, you can do this thing. You're in my will and you can do this thing. Are you willing to be in the will of God and are you willing to trust that he will be your strength, not you being your own strength? He could do this. You can do this. So Jesus submits to the will of God in his life. That's what this whole series is about, right? Jesus' statements are ones about the will of God for you and for everybody in the world. Not only that, but they're here, they're, they're in the word in order to guide you and I to do even greater things than Jesus has done, right? That's like a mind-blowing statement, that Jesus would say, you're going to do all the things I did and even more things, even greater things. It says it. I'll read it again. John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now, that's an interesting statement. Why are we going to do greater things? Why are we going to do the things that he's done? Why are we going to do even greater things than him? It's not because we are all powerful or that, that, you know, that we get more Holy Spirit than Jesus, that, that for some reason he's going to be like the puppet master in heaven and do something even greater you know, through us. He, he says, because I am going to the Father. What? How can we do greater things if you're going to leave us behind, right? The Olympics this week, anybody watch them? Michael Phelps, what? <laughs> Retire already. Give somebody else a chance. He, how many people watched the opening ceremony? I totally missed it. I was bummed. It's like, my, it's like one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. It, I don't know, because they do all these weird contraption like things they walk around in, and I just think it's amazing. Anyway, there's a cooler part of the opening ceremony. That's when they run the torch in, right? That's that's just a cool that's gotta be a cool moment to be one of the people who's asked to run the torch. 
and, and be able to come into the stadium of people just like, you know, the frothing excitement of everything that's happening, the place is roaring, here you come in and there's a spotlight on you. You know, it'd be a real bummer to be that person though because the spotlight's probably, I mean, it's gotta be so bright you probably can't even see the people. You're like, where's the torch? Where's the thing? You know, but, but anyway, you get, to, you get to run with the torch and you get to run up and, and, and you get to run your leg and then you hand it to the next person and then they run and they hand it to the next person and then finally somebody gets to run up the stairs, which is probably the worst job, but the coolest at the same time because it's stairs and you get to the top and then you get to light the, light the torch, the big torch, the big one. Like each leg of the race is greater and greater and means more and more because you're getting further and further, closer and closer to the, to the main torch that needs to be lit to start the games. Like when Jesus left, he's not saying, I'm leaving you behind. He's saying, I'm passing the torch to you. And think about this. His statement is so true because he didn't just pass the torch to one other person. He was one. So he had to travel around and do ministry and help heal people and lead people and, and bring people hope and all these different things. He was the one. Now, there were a few times where people, like, you know, he, like, shot his power out across you know, the land and, like, healed the, the, the person's child, you know, all the way. But for the most part, Jesus was one. He didn't just hand one torch off when he left. He handed a torch to each and every person. Of course we're going to do greater things than him if we would all realize that the torch didn't go out when he handed it to us. If we would realize that the torch is lit and it's burning bright, and if we will carry it high, that we can do even greater things than the Son of God did when he walked this, this earth. Because we can make a, a difference that, that can change not just this city, but can change the whole world. I love to see all the uh, stories of all these Olympians who now are, are like, after they win the gold, they, they're like being interviewed and they're saying, you know what, this, this, gold, this gold medal is a great thing, but what's even greater is that I, that I know Jesus. Have you seen those things? If you haven't, Google them. It's amazing how many of the, the Olympic gold medalists are, are using their platform to share Jesus. Gosh, if we would use our platform, our maybe smaller Big Rapids platform to, to share Jesus, what an impact we would make here. If we would... If we would try to live out the 10 things that Jesus said that were tough to understand, what a difference we could make. The fire of God is still in the torch that Jesus handed off when he went to the Father. It's still, it's still lit, and it's in your hand. It's in your care, and you have the choice. Are you going to run the end of the race, and are you going to light the torch at the end? Are you going to make the difference no matter if the difference seems big or small to you, are you going to make the difference for Jesus? And are you going to do even greater things than he has done? Are you willing? Are you willing? Say, not my will, but yours be done. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning and your word. Lord, your encouragement that you, you left us here, not leaving us alone, but giving us the ability to... to to change this world. Father, I pray right now in this moment that you are speaking to the hearts of each and every person here, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is creating something in them, where a, a drive, a desire to be more than just Bob or Sue or Sally or, or 
James or Mike or Charlene or whoever you are to be more than just your name, to be more than just your own ability, to be more than just some person wandering in the world, but to be a vessel that can be used by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah. Lord, inspire us. Inspire us to be people who carry the torch high for your name, who stand on the platform, no matter how big or small it is, that we are in, the place that we are at, to hold the torch high and be a light in a dark place, to make a difference for your kingdom, to not just be average, but to be gold medalists, to be the winners for you, Father. If you're here today and you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, you've never given your heart to him, you've never submitted yourself to him, you don't even know maybe what relationship with him is like because you've never done it, but today you want to accept him as your Lord, you want to begin to carry the torch, you want to make a difference, you want to know you're going to heaven, you want to know that your life is secure, that the rope that the rope of trust that you have to lean back on, that it is secure and that you can experience life the way that Jesus wants you to experience it. If that's you and you've never made him Lord of your life, but today you want to, just with everybody's eyes closed, raise your hand right where you're seated. If you're here today and you feel like you're not carrying the torch high, but you want to today. This isn't salvation. This is you recognizing that you, are, you have not been living fully for Christ. Which I believe is many of us. You don't have to raise your hand today. I'm just going to say a prayer. And in your heart, say, speak to God in this moment. Say, that's me, God. I have not been carrying your torch. Maybe I've even dropped it on the ground and left it behind. He's saying that he is picking it up and putting it back in your hand if you're willing to be a vessel, to be used by him. I'm going to pray right now, and if that was you, if you're saying, that's me, God, I, I, I have dropped the torch, but I want to pick it back up again. This prayer. This prayer is, pray, is being prayed for you. Father, you know the hearts of each and every person here. You know if it was them that said, that's me. I've dropped the torch. But today, Lord, these people, they want to pick it back up and they want to make a difference for you. They don't want to just be average. They want to be above. They want to be abundant in you, Lord. And I just pray that as they make that statement, as they make that de declaration in their life, Lord, that you will renew the flame that you will renew an excitement in them, a drive, a desire, an anticipation for great things. Lord, and then this week, maybe even this day, put them into the situation where you are going to use them and they're going to begin to carry the torch, to run the race. Father, we thank you that you are a God of forgiveness, that you are a God that says, don't worry that you are a God that, that sees us through the blood of the Lamb, that you don't see our sin, Lord, as we accept you, Lord, that you see your sons and your daughters, and we want to live for you from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. 
If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.